0: This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the It's All About Experience Management podcast, where guests from around the world share with you strategies and easy-to-implement ideas for improving the experience and transforming your business. Your host Jason S. Bradshaw has spent decades helping leaders like you and organizations across the world improve the experience and grow their businesses. Now over to Jason and this week's guest.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the It's All About Experience podcast. I'm your host Jason S. Bradshaw, and it's great to have you listening with us today. Joining me today is someone who is truly remarkable. Such a phenomenal career influencing the experiences delivered for customers and employees. She is a global guru on customer experience. In fact, the highest rated woman on the top 30 global gurus list. And she has done it all. She's originally from (laughs) France. She's now living in Dubai. For a period of time, she worked for a mouse at Walt Disney World, at Epcot. Uh, And there are loads of stories in between and not to mention four best-selling books uh, and a new book that just came out this year. So without any further ado, Claire Bosk, welcome to the show. And I forgot to say that you're a creator of this new program. Well, I'm going to leave that to a little bit later, I think. But, Claire, welcome to the show. Oh,
2: thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's really super good. We, we're making it at last.
1: We are making it last. Now, for the audience, there was a few scheduling hiccups, shall shall we say, uh, is the polite way. All on me, nothing on Claire. She was a real trooper. She kept saying yes, and I kept moving things around. Uh, But we are here today, and the episode is live because you're listening to it. So, Claire, your work has focused on customer employee experience for decades, but recently you took the leap to... To move from your home of 10, 20 years to to Dubai. What motivated such a radical move?
2: <laughs> I think I'm having my midlife prices.
1: <laughs> so instead of buying <laughs> a car, or you or a villa in France, you move to Dubai. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. I think it's um it, it was a real combination of things. Um, It's been so 22 years I've been living in the little island, which is called Jersey, between France and England. And it is a little island. So there's 100,000 people in there. Um, And uh, so I moved there and very much in the hospitality industry. I used to run hotels. And then 13 years ago, I set up my own business in the customer experience, Mystery Shopping. And that's kind of how I would started my journey in that industry. Um, um, and 30, well, 22 years in a small island is, is a very small island, it's a, it's a long time. Um, I had started to do quite a lot of keynote presentations and traveling around back in 2018, 2019. And I started to get a real kind of love for it, which, you know, really kind of uh, was where I wanted to go. And, and of course, the pandemic arrived. And I actually I lost all my business in three days, and so like many businesses, you suddenly had to rethink, reevaluate, uh, and, and where do we go? Where do I go from there? And that so it's um it's it's been a, a couple of two three years of of thinking right what, what am I doing? Um, and then I've got my two children. So they when I set up the business they were um, six and ten, and they're now. 20 and 24 so it's um it was also a a big part of it you know i've always you know i was on the island my children you know i was there i wanted to be a mom and i wanted to be with them and i wanted i was single mom at the time so i wanted to be around them and be able to support them and then suddenly they're big adults i'm getting to my 50 next year and i'm thinking "Hmm, my feet are really really eating now (laughs) Where can I go? (laughs) Um, And I've got to say, I went to Dubai uh, last December for a keynote. I was doing a presentation for the retail uh, conference Um, and absolutely loved the energy of Dubai. It just I felt like I put my fingers in the plug and I recharged my batteries of two years or three years of, of pandemic. It was like, wow what's going on what's happening here the whole energy the business the people it was just like really moving and shaking and I really loved that and so I came back to Jersey and I just that was kind of brewing in my head and I just thought you know what life's too short I had a couple of friends who passed away um, in March April time and I thought you know Yeah, life's too short, you know. So I had a good chat with my children and then I thought, you know, are you coming with me? What are you doing? And they were quite happy to stay in Jersey. So I thought, right, why not? Let's just do a move and let's see what's happening on the other side of the world.
1: So you've literally gone from living somewhere with 100,000 people to living somewhere where there's 100,000 people in your square mile
2: (laughs) per age yes absolutely i mean it was quite liberating really because i mean i've lived in jersey for 22 years so a long time you know you have roots you have things in your home so i literally sold everything i packed four suitcases i mean four suitcases right imagine a whole life and then it's four suitcases i took my bags and then i left and it was like Wow.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think there's a, there's probably a book in this experience at some point. But um, let, talking of books, as I mentioned, four best-selling books, um, one of those books has a really – well, they all have an intriguing title, but this one in particular got my attention because as some of the audience who knows me really well will also know that I don't like mystery shopping. I have mystery shopping when it's used for audit purposes, as opposed to actually understanding what's going on from an experiential point of view. And you you have a book, it's called The Secret Diary of a Mystery Shopper. Now, I don't know whether you've sold the rights to Netflix or not, but I think just the title alone, you should be able to get a royalty for out of Netflix. But what's the book about? Well
2: uh, so again i 've written the book um, when I lost all my business because i 've had that book in my head for years, and I talked to my clients about it about doing it. And they were like, oh, you can write a book about some of our stories. I said, well, I won't tell, you know, who you are. Well, no, you can't. Tell. And they all kind of freaked out a little bit. And when I lost to my clients, I just thought, you know what? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to upset anybody. I've got no clients left. So I may as well tell some stories about it. And there is always, I was kind of playing a little bit with with a word about the, the good, the bad and the ugly. And that's always, you know, something that people recognize. But in, in fact, I, I think positive breeds positive. So, you know, I love the fact that we can talk about the good, the bad, but then the exceptionals is always like, yes. How can we be exceptional, you know, how can we deliver that experience that our customers love us so much that they want to come back to us. They want to tell their friends and family what it, what make those experiences fantastic. So uh, The Secret Diary it is you know, a little bit of some of the stories that I've experienced over uh, 10, 12 years of, of doing a mystery shopping or having my own mystery shopping business, doing some visits. Um, Having some shoppers come back with some (laughs) crazy stories um, and putting them into some uh, story cases really of what's, what's good, what's not so good and how can you make it really totally fabulous.
1: So beyond enjoying some of the fruits of being a mystery shopper, those free massages, the, the, <laughs> the free dinners where you need to take notes but can't let anyone know that you're taking notes, be, be, beyond those parts of the mystery shopping journey, what was the most exceptional experience that you've had as a customer, either that you share in the book as a, The Secret Diary or since or those times?
2: Well, so I think when we, um, yes, I mean, I had the best job in the world, you know, I was getting paid to get my nails done and eat in restaurants and all that kind of things. So, and, and you talked, you touched on that between the audit side of it and the emotional side of it. And I think when I started like 20, 12, 13 years ago, the business, it was very much auditing because people were kind of, you know, were were. It was a lot of education about why do you need measuring your customer service. And that was kind of that it took a long time to kind of get that and people to understand that. You know, you can't change if you don't measure or you don't know where you are. And, you know, you go from, yes, where the light's on and where they're wearing a name badge tick. And, you know, those kind of tick boxes exercise to actually growing and actually making you realize that if you really ask the right questions about, how did you feel at that moment in time? Did you, the, the employee uh, did such and such to actually make you emotionally connected with the brand or with them or with what you were buying? And that's kind of towards the end of the last few years. That's really where you have taken the program uh, to another level where you're really measuring. So I'm kind of diverted a little bit from the questions, but I think it's important just to understand the difference between between the two. And, and when the pandemic arrived, and I lost all that business, and you just think, you know what, this is probably the, the worst time to stop those kind of programs, because you need to be able to measure to understand what's going on for your customers, whilst there's a pandemic, and be able to you know, do something about it. That's why a program is really important. Measure, assess, and then develop new strategies and then implement and train your staff with it and then continuously kind of do that. So um, it was, when I was, um, I think it was probably one of my very uh, first visits with a, a client. And it was a, a chain of pubs. And probably the, all of my first clients, I would go in and, and do a bit of a, a re K myself. And I'd gone down with my two children. So at the time, they were six and 10. And my daughter absolutely loved the fact that I was a mystery shopper. So at six years old, you can imagine, six, seven. She was like, she had a little pad. She had a pen. She used to write things down in a pad. She was just like totally, totally raised into it. And so we went to that restaurant and I said to her, why don't you go to the toilet and let me know, you know, how the toilets are. <gasps> she was really excited. So she goes off, she goes to the toilet and then I chit-chat with my son, and then five minutes, six minutes, seven, ten minutes, she's still not back, so I'm about to go and, and go and see her. Um, and she comes back running down and said, Mom, Mom, you don't know what happened. I said, no, I was kind of a bit worried about it. And she said, well, I sat on the toilet and the light went off. So as you can imagine, like a six, seven, eight years old girl, sitting down on the toilet and suddenly the light comes down and there's no light and she can't, you know, see anything. She can't, you know, put, you know, her pants back on. She can't open the door and she's suddenly panicking and all that kind of thing. And it was that moment in time when Nana reported to the, um, the, the management team that I realized how important this job was how amazing and important. And it wasn't about the experience, that experience as such, but it was just the fact that as a, as a feedback, you can actually make such a difference for an organization from one visit and you can take action straight away. You can actually literally go to that button and make that button a 10 minutes button or turn it around and change it or make the light switch. To, you know, if you move the doors different ways, it, Come on. And those are the things that they, they've done. So, again, it wasn't quite the story that, <laughs> that you asked me for, but those are kind of the, the experiences that I love. You know, it's the little things which makes a big difference on that experience moment.
1: Yeah, Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me, and I love the analogy about those small things make the big difference. So imagine how different the story would be if the light just worked. Now, right? You, you wouldn't have had the story to tell, which actually could be a good thing. But equally, you might have had a better story to tell where, you know, your daughter was six minutes uh, because on her way or on her way back, someone, a team member stopped and gave her colouring pens and a notepad or there was some other opportunity to create a moment
0: yeah, as opposed
1: yeah. to, As time went past, you were just getting more and more worried about what was happening, and and your daughter was, I'm imagining at least, was probably not uh, super excited that she spent seven minutes (laughs) in the time. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Definitely. And and it's it's always about those moments, whatever you do and however you create your journey mapping and you kind of think and you try everything to be perfect, but it doesn't always go perfectly. We're not perfect. We're all human. And I think that's the thing. It's that moment that you can really connect, that moment that your customers are gonna think, you know what, they really care. And that's the moment moment that makes it really kind of, wow.
1: Well, it's that care, that genuine care that keeps people coming back. And um, I think that's what differentiates in my mind, a great mystery shopping program from an audit program is one where you're actually trying to understand how the organization impacts the person the people that it serves not just the you know I can remember once uh, the best way to explain it is: remember once I was giving a keynote at the end of the keynote I did a and a session this person asked me about mystery shopping I said no get rid of it and the owner of that business was not very happy that I said that um, so I got challenged further and their entire mystery shopping program was did the shop attendant ask you this question. Did the shop attendant do this? Did the shop attendant do that? And my, my response was, so do you actually want the, the person to be a robot? And when Bob comes in every day at five o'clock, Bob gets asked exactly the same questions every single time. And they're mm. like, well, no, of course not. We know Bob. Like, well, the Mystery Shopping Program is measuring the roboticness in their world, of the process, as opposed Mm to, are they connecting with the customer, right? And there's Mm -hmm. ways to ask if someone's a member of the loyalty program without saying, are you a member of the loyalty program?
2: (laughs) Uh, But I think, again, there there is um, there is a, a balance. And, you know, I think I'm always talking about the yin and the yang. Um, And the the yang, it's that kind of the the connections, the consciousness. So consciously, what are the things that, you know, you're seeing in business, which needs to be measured? Because those could be um, things like security and COVID things that happen. You know, got? did they have a mask? Did they wash their hands? You know, those health and safety hygiene things that has to be. So that's kind of that yang energy. But then how do you measure that yin energy, that emotional connections? And that's, you know, that's where the trigger you have between a customer service, a service delivery and an experience delivery.
1: Well, I think the key there was balance, right? Uh, And and I'm not saying that. well, Well, the only thing I'm saying is that you shouldn't just have an audit list. You, right. If that's all you're doing, you, then you're missing the point of mystery shopping, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, I would absolutely love to dig a little bit deeper on some of the stories that you had as the uh, uh, in your mystery shopping days. But I will, I will move on and and let those stories li- uh, lay for another day when perhaps the record button isn't on. But <laughs> but uh, your latest book is about this new. Uh, Concept, if you like, if you will, that you've created, and for the audience, before we went live, I was asking what the correct pronunciation is. So, I'm, if I get it wrong, I apologise, and if I get it right, I'll take the applause. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, uh, your your new book is about um, I want to say Fang Shui, but in the biz world, right? In for business, Biz, biz Shui, shall we say? Do, do you want to uh, correct my use of the english language and and help us understand this new concept that you've created and tell us a little bit about the book
2: yes uh, well i mean there's no correction to be done i guess you know it's uh, everybody's is different and because i'm french i would call it bishui but you know bishui is about right as well you know i think there's so many um ways of, there's i think 40 ways of saying feng shui in chinese so you know one way or another, we'll get it right anyway, so we'll have it. And again, so it comes back to the pandemic. <laughs> it comes back with me thinking, you know what? I've got no customers. I've got no clients. I may as well try something totally different. Uh, <laughs> um, and I had discovered uh, the Feng Shui, principle, Feng Shui principles uh, probably about 12, 13 years ago, actually, when I was going through my transition uh, at the time. Um, and I was recommended this book. I started reading it, fascinating. Um, by a totally obsessed. And then I started getting coaching, and I started, you know, learning, learning from it. Um, and at the time, it was so a lot of people know things about moving furniture and putting different colors in different places will make the uh, change the the environment will change your life, kind of things. I think that's you know a lot of. Kind of westernized kind of sanctuary um, uh, has been viewed as um, and really when you think about it as a business, if you have an environment where your customers are going to you know walk through somewhere oh, it smells good, oh, you know, that French bread, it smells gorgeous, oh, wow, oh, I want to touch this, oh, oh, this looks gorgeous, I'm going to buy this, I've got to have that, but what colors, oh, there's two different colors, oh, we may as well buy two different colors, and then, you know, you've got all those things, the music is there, you know, you've got great, you're feeling good, you're feeling like, you know, it's a great, great experience, and then you leave, and then you've got $100 of purchase, which really you are not going to purchase, right? (laughs) Where does that come from? (laughs) Uh, And so there there is a gap that actually we've been missing, and it's that environment piece. So, um, environment psychology researches, somatics researches show that um, our environment, the outer energy, will affect us as a person, our whole state of being. So if we work in a place which is dark, gray, it's got no windows, it smells, you know, you're not going to feel good. You're going to go to work every day and you're going to feel dreadful. If you're walking into a shop and you don't know why, you know, you've done that before. You walk somewhere and you just go, oh, you don't know why, but it doesn't feel right. You're going to buy whatever you need to buy and then you're going to leave again. And this is where Feng Shui takes another level because it's that outer energy. It's the flow, energy flow that you're creating around your customers and around your employees that's going to make them feel want to stay with you or not. <laughs> mm.
1: so it, makes, it makes perfect sense. I, 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 at least in my experience, there's in, in my home right now, there are a number of purchases based on how the hotel lobby smelt. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you have to get that smell. Where can I get that smell? Well, funny enough, at that hotel, <laughs> even though I didn't go there to buy fragrance. Uh, so,
2: it, it... but this is that brand association, right? Oh, gosh, it smells beautiful. You know, suddenly you connect. You know, smell. There's five drivers. So, smell is a connect direct driver to your emotionals. And as soon as you know, we used to. You talked about Disney. We used to have a bakery in the French pavilion we used to put the essential oil of bread in the air con. So as soon as you arrived through the park, right from the main entrance, you could smell the French bread and people were just driven to the French bakery.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely sake. am.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, but. It, uh, so, so your book, uh, uh, it's Nine Keys to Feng Shui Your Business for Success, And right from the outset, on the front cover, you say it will enhance the customer experience, it will optimise employee productivity and increase profits. Now, I think there are three amazing reasons for people to go and buy the book now. (laughs) Uh, But can you share your favourite or one of the nine steps with, with the audience today?
2: Yes. So it I think we we could do that exercise ourselves, actually, um, in in a couple of seconds. And I love doing that when I'm on stage because you're realizing. So we talked about yin and yang. So the yin energy is when you've got your eyes open is the conscious and the yin energy is when you close your eyes, your emotional connection and you're dreaming. So if you're actually closing your eyes and then you can take a couple of big, deep breaths. And then suddenly I would like you to just imagine that you are the front of your office or the front of your retail shop or your hotel door, and then you open the door, and then I want you to just walk in. And actually, what can you hear? What can you see? What can you smell? What can you taste and touch? Mm -hmm. Is it light? Does it smell sweet and honey? Do you have light of the air conditioning at the back or is it just a beautiful music who makes you dream about it? What pictures do you have on your wall? Is it an inspiring pictures? Do you have plants who makes you feel like you're in nature? And then once you just finish off and close the door, you can reopen your eyes again. And suddenly you're realizing how you connect on that emotional level. And so using your five senses is probably the best thing that you could be doing right here, right now. Just close, stop the podcast and do that in your workplace. If you work from home and really kind of connect at those five levels. And if it's not, feel right. Do something about it. So if it doesn't smell nice, diffuse some essential oils. You know, if you feel tired, maybe you want some lemon uh, oil or orange or tangerine, something to zest you up a bit. Um, if your pictures on your wall are something dull and boring, well, you're looking at it because, you know, your mother-in-law gave it to you. Well, get the picture down and put something inspiring. Then, when you look at it, you're like, yes, this is me. I'm going to Dubai, you know, <laughs> that kind of things um and that's a really very powerful way using your five senses to really create an environment who's going to really uh, support you
1: it it makes so much sense to me and like i mentioned at least in my life i've made purchases based on those external influences to the environment which ultimately make me remember i can i can picture in my mind the lobby of my favorite hotel and how it smells and and even the the calm in the chaos that is a hotel lobby that in a good hotel will be calm chaos, right? So, um, look, I think that's a fantastic exercise for everyone to do. I hope that if you are listening to this podcast while driving that you did not close your eyes unless you're in a, in a car that drives itself. It certainly uh, would reinforce that message just to take that time to be intentional about all of the ways that we feel as employees and as customers when we're in a space, mm-hmm. uh, because they need to work in harmony. I think that's what you're saying to us. They need to work in harmony and and create the energy that we want. If you're going to a day spa, you probably t- don't want uh, DJ from a nightclub uh, playing Amazing. the music right yeah. e- equally if you're going to a nightclub you probably don't want the latest western spa music <laughs> <laughs> totally totally yeah. Unless you're over a certain age and then then maybe you do. Um, Claire, it, it's been so much fun chatting with you today. I'm sure people want to follow your work, uh, reach out to you, obviously get copies of, of your book. We've only talked about two of them. I'm sure that there's hours and hours of great content that we can talk about the others as well. But what's the best way for people to, to follow your work and to stay in connection with you?
2: Yeah. So I'm quite active on social media. <laughs> so really anywhere on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook. And I think you've watched some of my video. I've got a YouTube channel as well. And I've started a vlog actually. Like 16, 17 weeks ago now, from before I started, moved, and there's a lot of tips as well on moving, decluttering, those kind of things. I've bought quite, a lot, I've done quite a lot of uh, weekly blog, which are really interesting. So if you want to get to know me as well as a person, the blog is probably a good place to kind of uh, um, uh, see me as well, hear me, and, and sort of listen to some of the things I talk about. No, and I'm it's all it. under Clever, mm-hmm. so it's easy.
1: Fantastic, Claire. I'll make sure the links are in the show notes. But at the top of the show, we talked about you moving to Dubai and you landed in Dubai, if I understood you correctly, with four suitcases. You do not want to know how many suitcases I travel with for for a week in LA or in Sydney because I'm not moving anywhere with just four suitcases unless I've watched your your vlog and... uh, got your secret tips to, to moving with just four suitcases. It's phenomenal. I'm, I'm still trying to process that one. Um Claire, before I let you go, one final question for you. As you know, I love to encourage the audience to take action as soon as they finish listening to this show. So what's one thing that you would encourage them to do as soon as they finish listening to this show that will help them improve the experience for their customers and hopefully their employees as well?
2: So the exercise that we just did, the five senses exercise is certainly one that you could do very easily. But um, if we're talking about decluttering and if we're talking about four suitcases, let me just ask you, let me just give you a challenge. Okay, nine minutes, nine minutes isn't long, right?
1: Not long at all.
2: Okay, so schedule in your diary nine minutes for the next nine days. Declutter something in your office, in your home, in your business, in your filing cabinet, on your computer, on your phone. Nine minutes of decluttering. And I've got three questions that you need to ask yourself. So those are the right questions. Do you love it? Do you use it? Do you need it? So do you love it? Is this really love? I love this. I know exactly where well. I bought it. I feel good in it. This is, you know, fantastic Client, I absolutely love it. You know, if it's a business, do you love it? If you love it, fabulous, keep it. If you're not sure, do you ask yourself, do I need it? So paper, insurance paper, you need those, right? But newspaper, rubbish on the floor, things everywhere, you don't need it. So get rid of it. And then the third one is, do you use it on the the daily basis, on the weekly basis, all those things. Those apps on our phones that clutter our phones are just terrible. So those are the three questions. So nine minutes, nine days, three questions. Do it.
1: Wow, there's the nine-day challenge. The nine-minute, nine-day challenge. And in my world, I could probably just stop Amazon coming every day for nine days, and that would help the decluttering to start with. Claire, you've been a fantastic guest on the show. Thank you so much for giving of your time today. I really appreciate it.
2: Bye, everybody.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of It's All About Experience Management. Until next time, stay well and improve the experience you deliver for customers and employees.
0: Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. And don't forget to check out any bonus content mentioned in today's episode at allaboutxm.com. You can find more information about Jason at jasonsbradshaw.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.